if you google ai or machine learning or any other tech you'll find resources ready out there uh, courses uh, uh, traditional university courses online courses that's not the case for blockchain that was always a mystery to me and i was intrigued on this episode of Blockpreneurs, we're going to be talking to our very own student, Abdullah Al-Awadhi. He will give us some very interesting insights about blockchain markets and tell us about his journey of joining ESB at the start. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, Blockpreneurs is a podcast that brings together entrepreneurship and blockchain technology in the same space. It's perfect for those of you who are interested to learn and even for those of you who are already established and understand blockchain technology. In the meantime, grab a coffee and enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in joining our program, reach out to us. We'd be happy to get you on board. I feel like I was brought in by the hype in 2020. So I think this is a good time to tell my story. Yeah. Um, I graduated from university master's in December 2020. Best time to graduate ever. <laughs> Perfect time. Sarcasm, by the way. Peak <laughs> COVID. No one was hiring. Yeah. And uh, at that time, I guess the uh, last crypto bull run, the crazy bull run was just about to start. So everyone was talking about it. And I've heard about crypto in t- 2017. I Early bought, days. Yeah, I bought a few XRP tokens. Uh in 2020, everything moved except XRP. At that point, it was a stable <laughs> coin. So I was like, okay, let me go back to it and uh, try to be more active with the crypto investments. Uh, fast forward about nine months, I started working at Expo. Um, we were having a conversation on the famous couch. The famous, famous couch. Uh, <laughs> about crypto and bitcoin specifically with a couple of guys and i was one of the few who knew about uh, crypto best on a very surface level mm-hmm. i was saying that it's just a decentralized ledger i didn't know much uh, about it and then moza came late as usual as usual <laughs> and i swear i worked on it <laughs> and uh, she started talking and then I clocked that she's not talking as an investor and she's not talking like she was uh, more deeper into the field from a developer perspective. So I asked her, where did you learn about this? Did you go to a uni? Did you take a uni course? Because when you when you think about learning, you think uni, you think school. And then she introduced me to ESB. Uh, a week later, I took my admission uh, assessment and all that. And now we're here. Here we are. So you said something interesting. The first thought that you got when you heard about learning about blockchain, um, from my experience, your thought was the traditional way of learning, which is like you either go to a university or you go to a school in a way uh, where there is a fixed curriculum and you learn from that. So that brings up a very interesting point that um, blockchain technology is really at the start of its um journey i would say it's not um that new but it's still new in respect to other technologies that exist out there so it's not that easy to find places to learn this technology in a very scientific way and in a business oriented way which makes the experience at esb very special especially that we are the only uh, training institute who's certified by the khda uh, with a program of uh, blockchain science for business so um 
did what sold you on the idea of joining ESP other than uh, the experience or the interaction that you had with me? How was your experience when you first came in? Uh, I mean, I've always been more or less interested in the field. I try to follow different tech loosely. Yeah. I try to be up to date with the latest tech trends. And blockchain was one of them, but uh, for some reason, blockchain is very hard to trace in yeah. terms of like where to learn. What do you even learn as a blockchain developer? What it is? What is it? Like if if you Google AI or machine learning or any other tech, you'll find resources already out there. Uh, courses, uh, uh, traditional university courses, online courses. That's not the case for blockchain. That was always a mystery to me and I was intrigued. Yeah. Uh, so when I found the opportunity, I just decided to join and see what happens. And honestly, it's been good so far. Um, mm-hmm. You're in control, full control of what and when you want to learn, how, how much time do you want to spend. And uh, uh, you're given the resources. Yeah. You just have to put in the work. Yeah, and it's up. not like a lecture where you have to sit there listening to someone lecture you about it. It's all about you. What do you want to learn? So you watch a video, you read a text, you're interested, go, go research it more. You're not, move on to the next topic. And I guess this is a good thing that uh, ESB does. Yeah, it's a very tailored and a very personalized experience. And that's something not easily found in other places. So um, let's talk about being a developer, what does that appeal? Uh, so what about that appeals for you? So you could have been uh, specializing in any form of uh, blockchain domain, right? So we have so many places or specializations to choose from. So being a developer, how does that appeal to you? And if you had to explain it to someone who doesn't understand what it means to be a developer and specifically a blockchain developer, how would you do that? Um I guess it comes back to my personality. I am always, almost always interested in the technical aspect of things. Yeah. I don't like to be يعني, on a surface level. I like to go deep. I like to build from the bottom. Yeah. And that's why uh, I decided to become a blockchain developer. Um, yeah, it's basically to build your own project. Uh, I wanted to be in full control, build what I want to see and and it does give you the freedom to choose from so many different industries. So being a blockchain developer uh, is very unique, I think, compared to other um, kinds of uh, programmers or developers, because being a blockchain developer is um, the, the opportunities that you have and the way you can interact with projects, in my opinion, is very unique. So you don't just go the traditional way, you know? Yeah, like... I think people think when you join the blockchain field, like they become a developer or a programmer, it's either that they do their own business or they join a company. When the space and the ecosystem with blockchain is is very unique, like you can take small projects or you can be what we call, for example, in the DeFi space, keepers, where you build programs in the form of smart contracts to just protect the ecosystem. And then you get rewarded just for being like a keeper to and protecting the system when something goes wrong or when you're inspecting that something might go wrong, you just interfere 
and then take corrective action to avoid from the to avoid that the ecosystem would sustain losses for example um and i hear a lot like when i go through podcasts uh, or i hear people who work in the space that they enjoy the freedom they get mm-hmm. is like literally they can be working for two three hours building something and then they're on their couch enjoying That's watching something on <laughs> netflix i'm not complaining and this is one of the appeals in the field is that you can be so many different things but yeah. you are like we can both be developers living two different like uh, career wise or job wise you can work on a single big project that you spend uh, hours every day for for months on or years or you can be a part of a community and this is one of the appeals in the blockchain space is that uh, there is always a community and yeah. you get rewarded for being part of the community in the uh, for example example of a keeper you can just work on a, a specific part of the project build it for the community, for the uh, blockchain space, and then move on to something else. And that's always exciting because the the new opportunities, you just don't know what's coming next for you. It's always exciting. And even if you look at um, the basic choices when you want to become a developer, you also get to choose between being a core developer, working on creating blockchains themselves. So you're working within the infrastructure and the protocols of the blockchain. And then you also get to choose if you want to become a blockchain software developer and that's when you get to build on top of existing blockchains so when we say we are blockchain developers we don't necessarily mean that we are building an entirely new blockchain um, and you can just be someone who chooses different or specific blockchains and build on top of that so that's also a very interesting perspective yeah um, i guess we are both blockchain software, software developer developers and not infrastructure yeah. yeah i don't regret that i feel like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more fun and i feel like if you work with protocols and uh, it's just i in my opinion it's a lot more complicated than what we do so i'm happy where uh, we are it's for different type of people like <laughs> i, I feel like so. it it's also a personality thing yeah and uh, talking what about the time of joining the more you wait i think the more you'd be oh yeah i mean that's with everything in life yeah. uh, the earlier you are the higher the reward and then it scales down as time moves on and the industry becomes more mature more mm-hmm. saturated and then it's because it becomes extremely competitive yeah. so i feel like if you have a thought or you're thinking about blockchain at least read on it um weigh the pros and cons because with everything there are cons blockchain is not perfect it's not the يعني, it's not always uh, good things there are yeah. also uh, risk and reward and at least make an informed decision the earlier the better you don't want to wait until everyone is a blockchain developer and then you'll have to really compete yeah. to it's already out. a competitive uh, space it's a competitive yeah. space but still the rewards is it's very high, high. Uh, Uh, companies are joining in the space now mm-hmm. to find out what they can do with the blockchain or how like not what they can do how they can also benefit from the blockchain yeah. i think we're at the time where the question is no longer if blockchain is viable. going to remain viable or not it's actually now people see this technology see this tool and then like 
okay, well, what can we do with it? How, How can, can we maximize the potential of blockchain? Is there like a project that has caught your attention recently? Oh, there are a lot of <laughs> projects. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I'll answer this question, but I al also want to go back a step behind this, that we never listen about, uh, we never hear about those projects about the yeah. success story in blockchain. We always hear about the failures, about the fraud, about the Ponzi's. And that's the uh, image that everyone has mm -hmm. on blockchain because they mainly link it to crypto. But if you look deeper into the field, you'll find that big companies, huge companies, companies that we use almost every day are using blockchain. And we as consumers sometimes are using blockchain without knowing. Mm -hmm. So for example, I work in a bank And even working there, I didn't know that they implement blockchain. I just asked a question. I was like, okay, our bank is always trying to be ahead in technology. Why not blockchain? And then I got an answer. Who said that we are not using blockchain? We're already using it. And I think uh, a few banks in the UAE are using this blockchain project where um, when companies want to open accounts, previously the company have to send the trend, trade license manually to the uh, bank so that they can open the account. Mm -hmm. Now the banks do it automatically and fetch the um, uh, trade, trade license, license yeah. from the uh, uh, from, database. Yeah. yeah, I remember I read in the news many banks in UAE, it was a project led by the IFC and many banks in the UAE are using a platform established by Norblock uh, which is specifically made for KYC. And, and this is the beauty of uh, blockchain technology is normally banks are competing against each other. Yeah. But now you can see that all the banks are coming together and using that tool to serve the end customer better. And this is the beauty of, I think, having these decentralized ledgers is... Uh, ultimately is how you can add value to your end consumer and it doesn't always have to be that we're in head-to-head -head competition you're still competing but you're also it's a healthy competition it's a healthy competition yeah. you still find your way to work together yeah also another example is uh, hsbc london they are implementing uh, crypto tokens and linking them to gold bars that they keep at the bank's vault mm -hmm. so to track ownership so if you own that specific crypto token then it it, it uh, correlates to a specific gold bar that's in the bank's vault yeah and we all know hsbc it's one of the most like famous banks uh that's another example of a an established company using blockchain um A big one is Maersk, the uh, logistics and yeah. shipment company, the largest in the world. Uh, so they are using blockchain to track shipments and they already published a case study. And in that case study, they state that using blockchain, they call it the Maersk blockchain case study, mm -hmm. uh, their numbers became better, like insanely better. We are talking about 15% increase in shipment capacity and 10% decrease in cost. Uh, and that's besides like eliminating human error or minimizing, I wouldn't say eliminating, minimizing human error, uh, saving time, resources, paper, etc. So... Again, the most established shipment company in the world is using yeah. blockchain. But if you ask the general pub public about it, they probably don't know. If you try to search it in the news, you'll struggle to find yeah. a, 
a recent article talking about I it. I like the the example of Marisk because it brings a good perspective on how we can improve our services. Like Marisk is the biggest in the world. Like probably improving their services or serving customers better does not necessarily mean is that they improve on the number of shipping containers they use, but it's just using technology to make the service more seamless, more efficient, which save them costs and which allows them to do a service faster and better. So like one would think if I need to improve on a service, let me increase more shipment containers, but not, that's not necessarily always the way to, to innovate and do things better. Sometimes it's just to eliminate the needless steps. And we're talking about an established company where at this stage of their life, if you see a two, three percent or four percent improvement, it's considered huge. And we're talking about 15 percent. Yeah, that's that's, billions. That's (laughs) insane. Yeah. And uh, the last example I want to talk about is uh, about a commodity trading platform. Yeah. Um, So now the the name isn't with me right now. I don't (laughs) remember it. But basically, uh, they are using blockchain to make the settlement time for transactions much, much uh, shorter. Previously, it takes them weeks to track the commodity trade, uh, you know, change of ownership, uh, the payments, settlement, etc. Uh, after they implemented blockchain, it's taking them a couple of days or maybe uh, one uh, one day in some cases. So I, the examples you gave are interesting because you gave them from so many different industries, like shipping from commodity. So many different and, industries and yeah. in established industries. It's not yeah. like... Because a lot of people feel that the Web3 is just... Uh, another space yeah yeah i think even i before joining the blockchain uh, development program uh i used to think that okay if in order for us to use web3 we'll have to stop using everything web. else that we yeah. that we are currently using Drop and everything. make a, a huge <laughs> shift towards it it's as if you're moving from a place to another but yeah. in fact web3 just works with what we currently have. It's yeah. not that we're reinventing everything. We're just mm-hmm. improving it. I think that's what's going to happen uh, in terms of a couple of years ahead. It's going to just seamlessly integrate into what we do. Uh, just like the internet has integrated into everything we do. Like we can't function without our phone nowadays, you know, without access to the internet. Everything we do is somehow linked to the online world. I think it's going to be the same thing because like you said in the example of Marisk, a lot of people are dealing with Marisk and um, and as consumers, we're probably affected by the shipping movement of such a huge shipping company. But it's not like... um, it's not in a way where it's like business to consumer directly. It's more like within the business or the B2B world. So it is shifting the way we operate in our life, but just not that directly. And I think because the blockchain system is, I'm not going to say all of it, but a lot of it is happening on the back end. So uh, a lot of it is going to start integrating into our life and we're going to realize it after it's done. Maybe not while it's happening, except if you are in the space and interested to actually build it. I mean, the the bank's example and Marisk example are perfect examples is that as an end consumer, I don't know that they're 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 yeah. uh, using blockchain. I don't care that they're using <laughs> blockchain in a sense of my the way that I am in, interacting with my bank is not changing 
significantly. It's yeah. just that, okay, one step now, I don't have to send my trade license manually. It's done automatically. Mm-hmm. It's not that as if I'll have to get used to a new way to dealing with my bank. Yeah. And that's a challenge in the blockchain uh, world where when you want to implement uh, blockchain into a system, you have to be very careful to implement it in a way where people can actually interact with it. And um, like you also have to look at the industry if it's ready to implement it, right? So what's your opinion on like the markets? Are they ready to receive this kind of project or? That's a loaded question. Yes, <laughs> uh, I guess... Uh, we can talk about risks and yeah. like uh, making the move towards, well, dedicating your time and effort into learning blockchain development. Wh- what does it entail in terms of risks? Uh, obviously, there's always an opportunity risk because uh, you can spend your time or money somewhere else learning a different skill, getting a uni degree, professional certification, etc. And that's with everything in life. Yeah. Um, you'll never make the perfect decision. You'll have to be in peace with that. Yeah, compromise. That's step number one. Yeah. Another risk is, as we said, market risk. Are the markets ready uh, to basically receive the blockchain project? Uh, how will it change the market? Will it be beneficial, worth worth the change? Because sometimes even as, if something is better, but if the results aren't worth it, sometimes you'll have to wait before implementing yeah. Uh, also, the market itself, like, okay, uh, I want to become a blockchain developer. I want to have my own business based on the blockchain. But is the market already saturated? Is there mm-hmm. a place for a new business in general in this market? And that's uh, also, uh, that comes in any type of uh, business, not just blockchain specific. You can be in a traditional business and the same risk or question is still asked. Uh, and uh, another risk, this is more specific to the blockchain, is technology risk. What if in a few years you decided to study or uh, learn blockchain development right now and in a few years a new technology comes in that's better, more efficient and an upgrade on the blockchain technology in every uh, sense of the world. But also that's natural and yeah. that happens in life. So it's all about you, what do you think is worth and weighing your options. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll add on the market risk since we also spoke about uh, the Norblock platform. Uh, I remember hearing uh, the founder of Norblock talking about uh, the platform is when he established the platform, he actually approached European banks first. And they all ask him the question, is too risky for us? Where is your reference case? But he found a welcoming ecosystem here in Dubai. And he came to Dubai and started establishing the platform with banks in, in UAE. And I think that's a good, that's the beauty of the even technology is that when you create it, you're not just like cornered within one market. Like... The founder saw that the European market is not ready, but he actually moved into a place where the market was ready to accept such an innovation and move ahead with it. And one advantage we we have here uh, in the UAE is that we're still an emerging market. Mm -hmm. We're not as established as some of the European market. So uh, for, for established markets, sometimes they feel like they're already on top. They don't need to change anything. If it's not broken, why fix it? Yeah. 
uh, but for emerging markets, you, you're trying to catch up. You're trying to always improve. So that's an advantage of being in an emerging uh, market uh, is that there's always a chance to create something new. You also know how to program in the Web2 space. So how is this different from being in, in from Web2 to Web3? Um, I guess, first of all, my programming background is uh, basic, basic to intermediate, let's say. It's mm-hmm. not, I'm not an expert, I'm not a software engineer. I just know uh, programming languages and I can write code. Uh, but I think a, a big difference is that, uh, well, in the blockchain ecosystem, you have more things interacting yeah. with your uh, program. But I feel like even having a programming uh, background helps you translate into uh, translate that into the Web three. So you you can think uh, from a logical programming perspective. It's still the same. It's just that uh, it, there are more things to to think about. The programming languages in the blockchain space are built with on t- like not on top but like with reference or based on programming languages that existed in web 2 and uh, something that uh, i realized after becoming a developer in blockchain because at the start i feel like i had a bit of a misconception in terms of being a blockchain developer meant you just needed to focus on writing code uh, writing yeah smart contract code which is done using programming languages that are new uh, like solidity and uh, uh, the other languages that are also emerging but very new as well but in reality it works in an idealistic point of view but in reality having the tools of traditional programming languages like javascript and python and uh, um, um, html and css and etc those would give you a big boost because the smart contract is a very powerful tool. It's kind of like the brains of any project that will have a blockchain backend system, but you still need to build the rest of the body. So it's it's actually, I think, very interesting that you come from the Web2 tools uh, and bring them into the Web3. It just makes it more powerful. I like how Moza comes without any... Background, background information, information and programming on whatsoever. We're, we're two different <laughs> yeah. case, case studies. Both of you are now blockchain developers, which different yeah, tells, it you tells you that. You, it tells you that you don't have to be a software yeah. engineer in order to be yeah. a blockchain developer. I mean, developer neither of us are software engineers. And I think this is the beauty of the space is that, again, because the market hasn't matured, it's still growing and evolving. It's a good time to come in and learn and explore what's happening and see if it fits you and you want to specialize in or something that's unsuitable and you want to do something else. And at the end of the day, you you never lose when you learn something new. For sure. So, for example, uh, I did my university degree in mechanical engineering and now I work in a bank. I, I can tell you that I'm not using my yeah. degree in a sense of I'm not applying mechanical engineering, but I'm using the skills I learned As when I went through the degree, right? The uh, critical thinking skills, problem solving, um, and even like the skill of learning new things at the end yeah. of the day, because uh, when you learn new things, you you come across different challenges on how to learn even, yeah. not, not just the, the, the topic itself, but how to simplify the topic for you to, to understand. And the skills translates into different fields. And can I add to the learning journey of becoming a developer, something I am ex- 
I was a bit, it's kind of like a culture shock for mm-hmm. me, to be honest. But the interesting part about this field is how easy it is to connect and learn from very established developers in this industry. Let's say you want to work on a project and use a somewhat of a blockchain tool in terms of development and you are you will you will probably struggle first because there won't be a lot of use cases and a lot of reference so you'll only be stuck with the documentation to work with but the interesting part is it's so easy to connect to the actual developers of that tool or that platform and they'd be very um, welcoming and very easy to approach and help you out and um, in no way would they make you feel less of a uh, an expert just because you are asking the silly easy questions at the start yeah and this comes down to two things it's the sense of community in the blockchain yeah. that we touched upon previously and also it's because it's still evolving and uh, new. new yeah so you don't have those like top yeah. uh, mature businesses that don't have time for you basically yeah, yeah, yeah. i think sure. what's making the technology so powerful it's the sense of their communities Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go or every interesting idea and a project you see evolving and devel- developing from an infrastructure side, there's a huge community support. And I like that once when we were discussing in our previous trip, uh, the tools you use in developing is a lot of these tools now are like you can use them for free yeah yeah that's Uh, a big thing and like so when you're now building something you have a lot of access to resources resources that makes the industry so powerful and incentivize you to just build and grow more yeah yeah and this is one of the reasons why we always say it's best to act now at least make an informed decision Mm -hmm. because a few years down the line, once everything is established, even those free tools might not be uh, readily available, right? Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. I think it's ve- like it's very interesting to Were have you, access. when you joined the program, were you with the intention of doing a business or you just wanted to build development skills and just excel in your career? Uh, so... I wasn't in either side. I was more in the middle. It's, it was like, so uh, Moza explained to me that it's a blockchain science for business. So I had that in mind. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wasn't confident or 100% certain that, okay, I will uh, do this uh, s- certificate or program and end up with a business. But I was in the back of my head. I was like, okay, it's either I get a business out of it or mm-hmm. I get a skill. So I was on defense, uh, like I wasn't 100% sure, but I wanted to make the, the first step at least to try. Mm. Was the certification a huge factor or? No, I don't think I even knew that it was a certification. <laughs> I thought it was just a, a, a program yeah. that's offered at an institute. I, mean, I didn't know that, there was, <laughs> uh, that it was a certificate um, uh, at a, 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 at the end. But again, I was just interested in the field itself. I wanted to learn it yeah. i didn't want a certificate to add to my cv and apply to a nine to five job basically a lot of people they want to do a business like they see the tools they see the resources they see they're still scared to take that step yeah it is definitely scary it's, because you have to commit like time effort money everything yeah. i think also it's like when now 
when you're part of ESB, we're offering you a program. It supports you with your business idea, with the concept, the plan, but then the execution is on you. And I think this is where a lot of the fear comes in place. Will I be able to do it? Uh, how will I find the support I need when I feel I'm stuck, when I'm doing my actual business? Do you get this fear now as you're working toward establishing your business? I mean, it comes and goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's definitely support even on the execution side. Like even if it's just like uh, support from people telling you to do it, it's it's good enough to 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 happen. Like at, at first when I came up, well, when I joined, I didn't have a business idea. I just wanted to learn the uh, blockchain development. Yeah. yeah. And then even a few months in, I had no clue what I wanted to do at the end. But suddenly you have an idea. And even when I got the idea, I was like, mm, it sounds too silly. Mm -hmm. But uh, as um, the more you think about it, the more the support you get from others that, okay, uh, it, it's not as silly as you think. It's, it just needs a few things to, to improve it. And you start thinking about it and you start improving it up, upon the idea itself. And suddenly it turns from a silly idea to something that you want to actually uh, I wouldn't call it silly as much as a very simple idea. I think all great businesses start with something very simple. No, I, I call it silly because I feel like that's what we always think about ourselves. Yeah. Like when yeah. we doubt, doubt ourselves. Doubt yourself, yeah. Like, oh, uh, I have this idea, but it's, it's who's not gonna been... Who's going to come and buy into it? <laughs> or it's not been done before, so... If, if if it was a good idea, someone would have done it. Yeah. You always have that doubt. But why not you? Yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah, then it shifts to, no, maybe I came up with a good idea and I need to do it. Yeah. I need to be that someone. And it's about consistency. When you work um, on something that's in the kind of like, okay, when you're trying to come up with an entrepreneur, Entrepreneur. Sorry. <laughs> so when you're trying to become an entrepreneur, so basically um, it can't be uh, like a flat line journey. Like it's always going to have its ups and downs. And it's about the consistency of continuously believing in that idea and trying to learn how to execute it. And challenging yourself, challenging your yourself. doubts. Exactly. Because it's not just, a, the challenge is not just about learning yeah. how to code or learning how to do something. It's about... <laughs> Uh, the confidence that comes and goes, yeah. right? Is yeah. it good enough? Uh, today it's good, tomorrow it's not. The mental like, state yeah, you're the, in. It's, Keeping it's, an it's, open it's, mind too. It's mentally challenging, like in terms of like, uh, you yeah. have to commit, you have to For sure. take that first step. And it's, you have to keep an open mind that you're going to keep on making mistakes. But the idea is to show up again and try mm. in a different way. And remain consistent. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> yeah. if you want to see all success stories, is they had an idea, they believed in it, even if it was silly, and they just remain consistent into um, executing this idea. Yeah. And uh, not just executing this, I like how you said you kept improving on the idea. And I think this is an important factor as well in becoming successful with uh, your uh, business. Yeah, because when you first think about it, you don't think about all the gaps, mm -hmm. but you have to constantly think about the gaps. I think that's a skill you, you develop the more you uh, go through this journey, because at the beginning, you, you, 
when you start you're like okay i just want the idea and then everything will be fine yeah but then you come up with the idea you're like okay but uh, how will this work how will this work how will this work and then you start doubting but instead of doubting you 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 have to start thinking of how to make it work mm-hmm. like the, the, there is a solution to every problem right so again it's it's all a skill it's all a journey yeah uh, for sure let's circle back into what brought you into the blockchain which was investing in in crypto and then from there the most <laughs> interesting topic to every single person <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then i can't circle it's it's, it's money how do i retire it's with money. crypto investment <laughs> yeah you, you hear these stories you can become a millionaire in i don't know a month yeah. or a day just like sure <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah then from being an investor into being a developer that shift did it change your perspective about blockchain industry uh do you still believe in investing or do you think all investors should also invest other than their money their time in learning the technology well um first of all again i was always interested in the technology and then i took the uh, crypto investing route um i don't think that everyone should become a developer and i don't think that everyone should become an investor and i don't think that every <laughs> investor should be a developer and every developer should be an investor and vice versa like you can be a just an investor of that suits you and or you can be a developer of that suits you so i guess it depends on the person from person to person you you'll find different answers but yeah you don't have to be a, an investor in crypto in order to make the step to become a developer that's for sure if you would give an advice to someone who is investing now in blockchain how would you advise them to make this decision well obviously it's the same uh things that you have to do when investing in anything right even in traditional stock you just don't go by the word of mouth oh this will go to the moon this will make you retire uh, it, it's it's never true never i i wouldn't even say almost always it's never true <laughs> right so you'll have to read more about the project uh, think if it makes sense um, maybe consult with blockchain developers because they would know if the project makes sense or if someone is just selling mm. words right uh, yeah do your research before investing that's that brings okay. us uh, to a very good point by the way so um, blockchain projects are open sourced a yeah. lot of them are so it means you can actually read the documentation and if you, you don't can, find information question that yeah project. question that a lot and you can even get to the point where you can look at the code and audit it yourself you know so yeah, yeah knowledge is important here yeah the, the, that's definitely an advantage with the blockchain and i feel like uh, the problem with uh, the, the the negative perception that we have right now is that people just go by oh this influencer endorsed this coin oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. i'll just invest in it and then it ends up being a pull rug and yeah suddenly all of blockchain is unviable and it's a scam mm-hmm. do you feel that uh, there's a lot of misinformation in the market about what happens in the space definitely <laughs> and it's uh, both ways so i wouldn't say it's just that that the news is making up stories these stories exist mm-hmm. right uh, but i feel like it's overblown like you don't hear about the new ponzi in a traditional business and i'm pretty sure that every day thousands maybe more of ponzi schemes happen and get mm-hmm. discovered Scams but, is everywhere. But, but but because it's so traditional people are used to it it's not 
a big news, right? Mm-hmm. But this new technology, blockchain technology, a new Ponzi, a new fraud happened, it will blow up much more. Yeah, but also sure. sometimes I feel like that some projects fail not because there are a fraud or a Ponzi scheme. It's because sometimes I feel like blockchain developers are guilty of this. They uh, overpromise and underdeliver. When yeah. usually in business you always underpromise and overdeliver. Mm-hmm. You don't want to set the expectations really high. Maybe you have that expectation of yourself and you know that you will be eventually able to achieve those expectations. But once you launch your uh, project and you already told the people the very end goal, they will have that expectation from the project at launch. Yeah, yeah. So you have to make it clear at least is that it will be a work in progress. Maybe for the first few months, this is the functionality that we're aiming for and then we will increase it by this much this much until we uh, hit our end goal do you think that the blockchain technology is underestimated when put next to ai i honestly don't have an answer to that because there are two separate things that work to that can work work together together. so it's like saying i don't know it's it's like comparing two different markets you can't say that something is uh, underestimated or overestimated compared to something else but what i would say is that ai is much more main- mainstream right now i think with ai the um, the end products that consumers are using are much more seamless than blockchain mm-hmm. and if we look at where the future is heading with blockchain based application it's the applications that are more seamless to the end user are the ones that will remain and then you will see these complicated projects, just people would move away from them. Yeah, definitely. Because again, you have to think about how to make it easier for people to access the blockchain project. Yeah, and this is, again, with every technology, you don't want to make a, a huge shift that people will think that they will have to, to stop using everything they know and learn something completely new. You'll have to adjust for people's needs, not make people adjust for you. I think the reason people are so intrigued by AI is because of what AI does. AI is like very fascinating to work with because it's very foreign to us, right? It's like interacting with also a robot for some in a reason. Way. Like it's m- much more mainstream because you've watched a movie probably about an AI yeah. taking over <laughs> the human race. So I yeah. think it's part of the excitement that is making people interact with AI more than, for example, blockchain. You've never seen a exactly. movie about blockchain. I tell and you that. the interaction with blockchain, I think is, I don't know, it's like putting a helmet on when you ride a bike because it's like the safety, the transparency. It's just not as appealing when you describe it in terms of words if you want to compare that to AI. I think that's why AI has a lot more attention. Mm. The media obviously plays a lot of, uh, a huge part in how people shift their focus between one thing to the other as well. I think Chad GPT made a big yeah, uh, impact. Sure. And then you, like, suddenly you've seen, like, it's as if you had uh, a beads and then you cut it and all the beads started <laughs> coming yeah. in down, to, and, like, all the AI applications. Every day you Google something, you find a new AI yeah, application. Also, not that all of them work <laughs> yeah. well, right? Yeah, yeah. And do you think it's going to happen to With blockchain? blockchain? <laughs> yeah. What the. So the bead cut, you know, the. the I the mean, big there has moment. to be. 
a, a breakthrough project, yeah. right? This one thing that everyone will talk about right now, again, even the examples that I give, people are using those, but they don't even know that they are mm -hmm. using those. So maybe in the future, something will come that will be marketed as the blockchain project, yeah. similar to chat GPT as the AI project, right? I think one of those things is going to be a digital uh, identity. I think that's, that's going to be... Okay. I Big. feel something like digital identity, yeah. yes, because again, then you will be conscious that this digital identity is built on the blockchain. Yeah, you're interacting with it directly. Way. Even um, like I th as well as that, I think um, like how we pay for our coffee, how we pay for our food. I and think payments, pay finance is definitely yeah. the... It is currently the biggest industry uh, impacted by what's happening in the blockchain. But I like how you also put in digital yeah, identities. Digital identities, even like, uh, implementing. Uh, okay, so one cool way I think is going to really change how we do things. So you know how now when we drive electric cars, for example, if you take Tesla, for example, the way you can interact with the car through the application, you don't even need to carry a key. Everything opens, you close the car, you you put it on dog mood, whatever you want. I think once we start to even use blockchain, for example, to identify you as the owner of the car directly using your digital identity, that's going to be as well a very interesting implementation to see. What's a final word for our audience? Um, again, uh, we said it before, but the best time to start is now. now. Yeah. It is still a new field. Uh, there are the, the chances now are uh, more are greater than the chances you will find even tomorrow. Yeah. So at least read about it if you're interested, make an informed decision, weigh out the pros and cons, and at least make a decision, even if that decision is no, I won't pursue blockchain development, but at least you've done your work. 